0: If you would turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 25, and if you're not, if you're writing notes, taking notes, you can write this down: buried alive, buried alive. Uh, anybody ever been buried alive in here? Anybody got claustrophobic tendencies? Yeah, buried alive would scare you just a tad. Uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 is where we're gonna we're gonna pick up. And I'm not going to read all of this. I'm going to read uh, just a couple of verses, and we will begin to go through all of this. But there's just a lot here. There's like 20 20 verses or so. Uh, So it says this, again, heaven's kingdom realm. So here we have to understand that God is a giving a he, Jesus is giving a parable. All right, so he's he's setting it, so he's setting up the stage so that we will understand how the kingdom works. So we are in a world, right? We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're from a kingdom outside of this world. And so Jesus is setting the stage for what it looks like with how the, how the kingdom works, how it operates and functions. Again, heaven's kingdom realm is like the wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned all his trusted servants, you and I, and assigned his financial management over to them, us. Before he left on his journey, he entrusted a bag of 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants, to another a bag of 2,000 gold coins, and to the third a bag of 1,000 gold coins, each according to his ability to manage. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Father, that your Word is alive and active, and Father, I thank you God, that in this moment God that that every word that is spoken from your from your throne room God would hit our hearts, it would change us, it would transform us, it would open us up, God to seeing the way that you see it, God help us, God see your word the way that you want us to see it, Father, I thank you that it would uh, redirect God how we live our lives, God in such a way that it would bring honor to your name. And as we do that, God, that it would make you more famous on the earth today than yesterday. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. So so he's talking about, he's talking about the kingdom, but what we have to do is we have to find our place in the story. So we know that the wealthy man is Jesus, right? We know that the servants are us, and we know that, that he has entrusted all of us abilities. Like he's given us stuff based on our abilities. And I was thinking about how... Um, Oftentimes, if you've ever seen a dog, like, if you give a dog a certain type of bone, like, what do they? If they've got a yard, they're going to go what? They're going to go dig something up, and they're going to hide it, right? They're going to go bury it, and then they're going to come back later and come get it, right? And I was thinking about why do dogs tend to find a place to bury something, cover it up, and then come back to it? It's because they live from a mindset of scarcity, that this is all I'm going to have, so I'm going to hide it, and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to take my time. Right. And a lot of times what we do is we tend to be like the dog and we live in scarcity. And when we live in scarcity, we rob God of being able to do more in our lives because scarcity says I'm going to have to do what I've got to do. And I'm not going to trust what God can do through me. God's going to bless me one time and that's it. I'm going to take advantage of it. And then I'm just going to hide it. Right. And so what we tend to do is we can we tend to hide and bury things in our lives that God is wanting to use to actually do more with right? And so here he says this. There's some things in here that I want you to see. I'm reading out of the passion, out of the passion translation because you all haven't been very excitable. So I figure I'll do the passion translation this morning and y'all will get excited. So we'll see if it works, okay? I'm just kidding. So, so he says that, again, heaven's kingdom realm is like a wealthy man who went on a long journey. In other words, Jesus, right, he's gone, Right, He's no longer here. He lives in us, but he's left. But after he died on the cross, he ascended into the heavens. So he went on a journey. But that journey is going to come to an end where he comes back. Do you see what he's saying? He's setting up the kingdom here. And he goes on and he says, and it, he went on a long journey, summoned all of his trusted, trusted servants. So you have been, he is, he is seeing you as Trustworthy. And he's left you with something in your life. He's left you with something in your hands. He's left you with something here tangibly on the earth, right? Okay, and then he goes on and he says, and, I, and he summoned all his trusted servants and he assigned his financial stuff. So you right now are on an assignment whether you have accepted that assignment or not, right? He said, I have assigned them. So you've got to figure out what has God assigned me with, and in that, I am, I am required to be a good steward of that. For all of us as a household, we have been assigned something from the kingdom. Okay, and then it goes on, and it says his financial management. So his. So he's given you what is his. So what you have is not yours. Go ahead and find somebody and remind them that. What you have is not yours. It is his. And so when you think about it from that standpoint, everything that you do, how you manage life is determined not on what you want to do, but what he's asking you to do, right? So, so there's the key, key component. And then he goes on, before he left on the journey, he gave them this. He entrusted them. So, right, if I entrust you with something, I expect to get it back at the minimum requirement to be at least what I gave you. Right? Like if, if I give you a car, I shouldn't get the car back with zero gas and flat tires. If I entrust you with my car, I would hope that you would fill it back up, you would check the tires, you would make sure the oil change is there, right? Because he's entrusted you it. In other words, he's, he trusts you. That's why he's entrusted you. Right? And then he goes on and it says this at the very end of this verse, it says, each according to his or your ability. So right now, there are things that he's entrusted you that are his, that you have the ability to do, and it's not beyond your capacity to do it, right? And so what we have to understand here this morning is that, that really stewardship is, is so important because it's how the kingdom functions. Like the kingdom functions on stewardship. It functions all by God delegating to you and I responsibilities, and by us doing that, we honor the kingdom. And so I want this first point that I want you to see is it goes on. Let me read uh, verse 16. It says, then the one entrusted with 5,000 gold coins immediately went out and traded with the money, and he doubled his investment. How many of you know that sounds like a pretty good steward? He doubled his investment. And then it goes on and says, in the same way, the one who was entrusted with 2,000 gold coins traded with the sum and likewise doubled his investment. So now this guy has doubled his investment. Two out of of three have already doubled their investment. And then it goes on to here. But the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. He buried his potential alive. Right, we see that, it was potential because the other two had potential because they took from one and they doubled it. And here's the thing is I want you to understand is that some of us are sitting on our potential. We're hiding it. We're, 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 we're so scared. We're like the dog who goes and buries and digs and hides it and lives in scarcity instead of trusting that God gave me this ability to do what he's called me to do. So I'm going to trust him. And this morning, I want to challenge you with what are you doing with you, with your life, with all that God has blessed you with, with all that God has given you? What are you doing with it? See, stewardship is viewed from your needs or his. Like right now, how you steward your life is based on his needs or yours, his wants or yours, right? We see that in this parable. These two guys, they ran out. It says immediately they ran out and invested it. So two are saying, okay, the king asked me to do this. He gave me this. I'm responsible, so I'm going to go out and put it to work. The third said, I don't care what his needs are. I'm going to take care of me. And I'm going to go hide it. And I believe that there are people in here this morning that are one of these two people, that we are either running and in, we are investing our lives. with our, We are being good stewards of our finances. We are being good stewards of our purpose. And then there are many of us in here this morning that are, we are sitting and we are hiding our potential, just waiting for the good old Lord to come back and I'll give him back what he gave me, right? But that's not why the king gave you what he gave you and for you just to bury it. Now, I think that one of the things I, I think that I want to make sure to mention is that a lot of times we think that the money that we've earned is ours, right? The money in your bank account is yours. All that sweat and tears, that all that, did you know that you didn't do, you, you didn't have, God gave you the brain to have the, why, the wisdom to do it. He gave you, he says that he, it's his money, Right, that, that $5,000 that he gave him was his. He said, I'm gonna give it to you because I'm gonna entrust you with it. And so there's this scripture that I wanna read just to kind of like solidify that our money is God's money. It says in, in Psalms 24, one through two, it says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So he's just kind of letting us know, like anything that you've done in the earth, it's because of me. And then it says, the world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundations on the sea, and he built it on the ocean's depths. 100% of your money is his money. 100% of your life is his life. And when you begin to function like that, like you just don't get to do whatever you want, that everything you do, you know that, okay, God, I'm not saying that you got to pray. I believe that God's given you natural wisdom, And that's why he entrusted you with things. I think that you sense if you're connected to the spirit of God, I think that as you make decisions, you're like, no, that spirit is telling me not to do that here. And you know that you are being led by the spirit of God. That's why the Bible says those that are sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Right. So he entrusts you to be led because he believes that what's in you is enough to guide you. Can I get an amen on that? See, the tithe. I believe that why a lot of churches talk about tithing. A lot of pastors are scared about tithing. I'm, I think that this is one of the most crucial things to teach a church. And our church has been blessed. And I believe that we are, a, a status-wise, I think like st- we are a really high-numbered stat on, on tithing. Our church is pretty high in its ability to tithe. Um, but I believe that a lot of people have a misconception of tithing. I think that one, it's like tithing. I tithe to get blessed. No, I tithe to honor God. I don't tithe so that God will give back to me and bless me. I tithe God because he's letting me have 100% of his money and he's just asking for 10% back. Like, how would you, if if I gave you $100 and I said, hey, I just want you to give $10 to somebody and then I came back and you're like, "Ah, I don't want to give that. I'm not going to give you another $100 because you're being a bad steward of what I've given you. See, I believe that to be a good steward financially, the initial thing to let God know I'm going to be a good steward of it is to tithe 10%. Right? I think that as we tithe, it initiates the the rest of how we steward the 90%. I don't think it's possible to truly steward 90% of God's money until you've tithed. I believe that when you tithe, you were letting God know, God, I trust you. I entrust you. And so, God, you've entrusted me, so I'm going to release this to you. I think that the second thing is that people think tithing is this magic wand. So I just happened to find one. Uh, you know, did not anybody in here, did you not get one when you started tithing? You didn't get a magic tithing wand. Or when you just need a blessing because you tithe, you can just wave it over and, you know, ask God. God. And this is how a lot of us think. We think that tithing is this magic wand. Like, if I tithe, then God's going to take care of everything I need. Well, that's not necessarily true because tithing initiates how we steward the rest of our lives. In other words, if you tithe, but you blow your money on all this other stuff and you're not a good steward, well, tithing isn't going to redeem that. Tithing lets God in. It reminds us, God, you are the provider of all of my finances. And so in that, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to believe, God, that that as I give you this 10%, I'm going to believe, God, that you are going to help me have wisdom and knowledge on how to take care of the other 90. Right? Like this didn't just because you tithe, all of a sudden now God just starts taking care of all of your stuff. He still requires you to be a good steward catch see I believe that the one area of stewardship will often reveal your heart for the worldly or the eternal like what we we either are stewarding for the world or for eternity right we are either taking care of God's business or our business and this is this is a huge factor in it I think that stewardship exposes at what level we can be trusted Right, like what he shows here is he lets us know, hey, these people I can trust. And we know that later on he comes back. And I'm going to get into that in just a moment. It says, after much time had passed, the master returned to settle accounts with his servants. So Jesus is coming back to settle accounts, right? We talked about that in the very beginning, the first week of it. That God is going to come back and he's going to settle accounts. So, so we know that Jesus is going to come. We will never be entrusted beyond our ability to steward what he's been given us. Like, I think sometimes we think, God, you've given me too much, I don't know how to handle this. We know that by scripture that God doesn't give you more than you have the ability to handle. Like God, God will give you exactly what you have the capacity to steward. And for you and I, that should be freedom because it's not that I'm overwhelmed with what God has given me. That He's given me exactly what I need. Now what I have to do is I have to fall in line. Stewardship is me submitting to whatever that plan is with God, so that I can truly begin to steward it the way that he's asked me to steward it. God doesn't outgive your gifting, right? We see that, and, and, and your ability to steward. Like, he doesn't say, I'm gonna give you 1,000 or 5,000, and then you only have 1,000 talent, ability, right? He's saying, I will give you based on the level of your gifting. And here's the thing is, many of us want more gifting but we don't steward well. God, why won't you just bless me with, like, why won't you send like a $5,000 stimulus check to me? It's because you haven't handled the 1,400 right. Does does that, you understand what I'm saying? Like, you, you can't ask God to be giving you more if you're not stewarding what he's already given you. And this is what we tend to do is like, we begin to ask God, God, give me more, but you haven't stewarded what he's already given you. And that's a huge factor. God stewards by what he releases to you. You understand what I'm saying about that is that God has to be a good steward as well. Like God is a good steward because he blesses you only to your ability. To overwhelm you would be really dangerous, right? For him to be like, oh, I'm gonna give you this amount. What are these guys doing over here? He's jokers. <laughs> but right, like you, you understand that God is not going to overwhelm you with more than you can handle. So we have to know that stewardship is putting off my wants or my needs for his. Like, that's a huge factor in it, is to steward. That's fine. That's fine. Um, It's it's a huge factor in, in all of us is knowing that God is a good steward of me. Like right now, God is being a good steward of you. And sometimes we can get frustrated at God that God's not bringing us a blessing. or God's not doing more in our lives financially or relationally or emotionally or whatever. But I believe that it's based on our ability to to be responsible with what God has put in our lives. Right? So we can't ask God to do more than what we're willing to, 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 to be a good steward of. So in verse 18, it says that he buried, right, It says, but the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. As soon as he got it, he began to dig this hole and be like, okay, the master gave me all of this money and I'm going to, I've got, oh, dear Lord, I've got a great idea. He probably didn't say that, but he might have actually. Um, and, And you know, he takes this and he does all of this work Because like this is work. I'm sweating up here. Digging this hole. My heart rate's going up. I can already feel it. I don't know if that's because you're not talking back to me. Or if it's just because of. But like he's doing all of this. Like he's putting all of this energy into burying his potential. He's going to cover it up. And he's going to wait. And here's my point is this. Is that it takes as much energy to bury something as it does to steward it. But what we do is we tend to, this is a safe thing. If we're safe, if we'll just be safe and bury it, then we'll just see, we'll just be like, oh my gosh, I can't, oh, the Lord's back. I can't wait to come back, Lord, and let me bring you my, my little gift. But God, a good steward, all of these people, actually, if you look through it, they were anticipating the Lord coming back. That's why they were good stewards. The one that was like not looking forward to him coming back was the one that was burying it. And, and here we put so much energy into trying to bury it that we miss the opportunity. And here's the thing I want to say is that the kingdom doesn't reward what we bury. The kingdom is not going to reward what you bury and bring to him. I mean, as, as much as this is a parable, I pray that it's a wake-up call to know, look, you were called to steward your money well. You were called to steward your life well. That it's not just about you having this thing and then you covering it up. It's about you making sure that you steward it the way that he asked you to. He didn't tell them, hey, you need to go invest it. You don't need to do it this way. He just said, look, I'm entrusting you with the gifts that I've given you that you can make a return on this. And in this moment, you have to trust that God is capable of doing that in your life. Now, I think this is a huge factor in stewardship. I think this is probably one of the biggest factors in stewardship is this, is that the view of the king plays a major role in how you steward. How you view God and how you view him as father has a lot to do with how you steward. Because we know that this guy, he is terrified of this guy. He is terrified of this wealthy man. That's why he runs and he buries it. And, and what I want to say is that if you are afraid of the father, if you are afraid and you don't have a great aspect of who he is and the role that he plays in your life, you will tend to be the person who's always burying your talents and your gifts because you're afraid. Oh my gosh, he's going he's gonna to look at me and he's going to discipline me. He's going to look at me like I'm not doing something right. But when you understand that he's a good father, that he's entrusted you, that he's empowered you, he's given you the ability, then you have this, okay, I'm going to use this thing he's given me. And I'm going to use it for his glory. I'm going to entrust this. I'm going to make sure that he gets glory for this. I'm going to make sure that when he comes back, that I can give him more than what he gave me. See, the opportunity to to be more and do more will depend on whether you bury your potential or not. Notice for this man, nothing happened positive for him. It says, in the matter of time, right here, after much time had passed, the master returned to settle accounts with his servants the one who was entrusted with 5000 gold coins came and brought 10000 saying yes see I doubled your money i mean he's looking forward to this he's anticipating this and it goes down and says the same thing committing a servant the master replied you have done well and proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant there's a lot of verbiage in here that you have to pick up on because it's, it's saying a lot. He's literally saying, you have done well and proven what I already knew about you. You've now finally proven it to yourself. And for many of us, we haven't been able to see what we have the capacity to do simply because we haven't stewarded our lives well and to see the potential that's in us. We tend to run to the, to the dirt and dig and hide and just be like, just assume, well, at least I'll give him back what he gave me. I'll give him the life that I had. At least I'll give him that. But God wants more than just the life that he gave you. He wants to see the potential that's in you come out of you. I mean, unless this was a seed, it does no good in the ground. And that's what we tend to do with our lives is we live our lives for us. And that's really what you, when you choose to live your life for you, you're burying it in the ground. You're burying it in the soil. But when you invest in people, when you pour into others, when you steward your finances, when you do these things, like bad stewardship, I was looking at some of the stats as far as financially, and America is pretty crazy the the amount of debt that America is in as individuals. And it's simply because we want things that we cannot afford. That's bad stewardship. Like to get a car or a house or to to have things like the, the debt... The credit card debt, it's like, that's bad stewardship. And I, in America, we feed, like, it, it thrives on being able to, they're bad stewards, they're hungry for want, so we're going to give them this opportunity to have a credit card so they can get what they can't afford. Right? And we buy into it because we want things so bad instead of being a good steward. And if you'd be a good steward, you could pay cash for it. And I want you, I want you to be set free because I think that a lot of people are living in bondage because they live in debt. And I think that the potential of what we as Christians could do throughout the world, if we lived from a, a mindset of freedom, what we could accomplish as a, as a church, that we could, we could reach mission in the mission field, we could set you know, people free from their own poverty because we're stewarding our finances so well. But see, here's the thing is that a lot of times it's like we live our finances as if it's just ours, so we do what we want with it. It's my money. There's going to be a day where God holds us accountable for all of our lives, every aspect of it, right? See, trusting in the world to provide will always leave you disappointed. This is what he was doing. What he was doing, right, is he was taking this and he was saying, you know what, the world, I'm going to invest in the world, right? This is literal earth, right? This is the world. This is, this is a representation of him saying, I'm going to invest in the world, in the world system instead of trusting the God that has provided for me. And what we tend to do is we tend to lean into what the world has. And we say, okay, I'm going to trust in the world. Has the world ever done anything very good for you? And, and sometimes we get so caught up in our needs and our wants that we say, well, the world, that's just sometimes the easiest thing. Because it takes trust and it takes effort to have to lean and trust on God to be able to provide and take care of your needs. That's why honestly, a lot of people don't tithe because they think, "Well, I've got to take care of me. You're missing the opportunity for God to take care of you. I have yet to, I've been in ministry a long time, and I've yet to meet somebody that tithes and says, "Man, I just God's just not taking care of me." I, I believe, truly believe that when you tithe, when you give your money to God first, God says, "This person is willing to trust me." And so therefore, out of that, I I'm going to begin to begin to move on their behalf and show them what I'm capable of doing with their 90%. See, we can't, we can, we can ignore bad stewardship, right, until we have to be accountable for it. Spring break, analogy. We can ignore our body size until we get into a bathing suit. Like, as long as you're in sweatpants, you look real good. Come on, somebody. Everybody looks good in sweatpants. But when you get to the beach... And you put that bathing suit on, you're like, oh, heck, I got to be accountable for some stuff over COVID. <laughs> right? Like, the beach always holds you accountable. Right? And this is what we tend to think. It's like, oh, man, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, very few of us say, I mean, we just own up to where we're at. The bathing suit just, it's that, it's that barometer. It checks us. It shows us where we're at. And it's calling us. It's holding us accountable. Like right now, after everybody done spring break, they're like, "Oh my gosh, I gotta go on a diet." No, just be a good steward for the rest all every week. Like, just be a good steward with what you put in you, and then you will be able to just take off sweatpants and go into the bathing suit, right? But what we do is we gorge until through the winter because we're like bears and we gotta hi- you know, hibernate, and then we come out for spring break and we put our bathing suits on. Dear Lord, but here's. Realistically, though, he is patient. Like, he is going to hold us accountable, but it says right there, it says, after much time had passed, after a long time, he then held them accountable. And God is going to hold us all accountable. But you still got time to get in in that bathing suit. You still got time to get into being a good steward of what God has given you all the finances all of the all of the emotional all the spiritual all the, i'm not talking about just finances i'm talking about our entire lives you have time right now to be a good steward i was going to talk about next week about being the temple of the holy of being the temple right because right we are the temple of the holy spirit right and do we steward our lives do we treat our lives do we treat our bodies like it's the temple of god Because it's so important to understand that, like, this is full thing. Like, God doesn't just hit on one area of stewardship. God is a triune God. He is body, spirit, soul. He wants us to be stewards of every aspect of our lives, body, spirit, and soul. And a lot of times we tend to hit on one, like spring break, we're going to hit on the body. We're going to be good stewards of our bodies for spring break, summertime, and then there's other times when it comes into other seasons that it's like, okay, I'm going to be a good steward. Here, the whole point is this, is to be a good steward with every area of your life and begin to, as you're a good steward, you find areas that you're not a good steward in. Like, that's the whole great, that's the great thing, like, right? Like, if you're, if you're a good steward in an area, it begins to leak over into other areas. And you begin to be like, oh, wow. You're, look, you're not going to be perfect in every area. But I believe that being a good steward is not so much about the actions it is as it is about the heart. It's about saying, God, I want to please you. God, I want to live my life to honor you. God, I'm not, I refuse to put my life in the dirt. I refuse to, res- to, to, to do what this guy did and just to bury it and just to wait for you to come back. We can tend to care more about the benefits of money than our responsibility of it. Like, right? Like, a lot of times we want money. It's like, give me money, give me money. I just want a lot of money. But then we, don't care about stewarding it at the same rate we get it. And here he's saying, look, I'm going to give you money, but you have to steward it at the same rate I give it to you. Because then that would mean he's a bad steward, right? Like if a if million dollars just dropped into your lap right now, what would you do with it? Truly, think about, because this is what we do. God, if I just had this amount, everything would be fixed. No, it wouldn't because you're already a bad steward, so you would steward this bad. You see what I'm saying? It just bleeds over. But if you would be a good steward here, you wouldn't need a million dollars. Right? Because you're a good steward in this small area, it begins to leak over. The, this whole principle here is what he's saying is that this, is that you receive back what you sow into. You receive an earthly reward or you receive an eternal one. This man, when it goes to it, he didn't get anything he didn't get he like there's a lot of people right now that they are investing solely into the earth and when they stand before the lord they will get an earthly reward not a return not an eternal one i want an eternal reward i want to stand before the lord and say god this is what i have to give to you and in that god god eternally rewards me i'm going to be in eternity a lot longer than i am the earth so we have to desire and want something the, the same things that God wants. Because this is what happens. It says this, committing his servants, the master, uh, the master replied, you have done well and proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant because you were faithful to manage a small sum. Check this out. A small sum. Now, I will put you in charge of much, much more. And everybody should have said amen on that one. But... You will experience the delight of your master who will say to you, "Come, celebrate with me." Then the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins came to his master and said, "Look, sir, he's already trying to come up with an excuse. The problem is, is you're not going to have an excuse, good enough when you stand before the Lord." There was nothing like, I mean, there was nothing he could come up with good enough to justify his actions. And this is what he said: "Look, sir, I know you are a hard man to please, and you're shrewd, You're a shrewd and ruthless. I'm not sure I would have said that, <laughs> being a bad steward. But what does he do? He projects his inability to steward to the other guy. Right? He doesn't take ownership because that's what steward, bad stewards do. They don't take ownership. They blame. They project." And he says, look, I've known you to be this hard whatever person. But the two other guys aren't having that issue with him, right? Just this one. He says, look, sir, I know that you are a hard man to please, and you're a shrewd and ruthless businessman who grows rich on the backs of others. He says, I was afraid of you. You cannot be a good steward and have a wrong mindset of who God is. He says, so I was afraid of you, so I went and I hid your money and buried it in the ground. But here it is. I mean, he's just like, here you go, God. I gave you what you gave me. God is not in the business of getting back what he gave us. He's in the business of being good, of us being good stewards and bringing increase into his kingdom. In other words, what he's saying really in spiritual aspect is I didn't, I didn't save you just to save you. I saved you so that you could reach other people. I didn't just, I just didn't fix your emotional capacity so you could feel better. I I helped you so that you could help others. I didn't just give you money so that you could be wealthy. I gave you money so that you could help others get out of their own poverty. Do you see what he's saying here? He's letting you know that stewardship is not about you. It's about others. It's about you reaching other people. And when you click into that, other people become blessed and other people want to know the God that you know. So really us, the greatest evangelistic tool is for you to be a good steward of everything that you have, right? And when you become a better evangelist with your life, other people want to know what you're doing. Like nobody is following this guy burying stuff and being like, that's a great idea. No, they're like, how did you turn five into another five? How did you turn two into two more? Right? No one shows up to the homeless shelter to find out how to invest. Right? Right? No, no. They show up to financial places to let them to find out, to get wisdom, to get insight. I want you to know that you have the greatest resource. It's called the kingdom of heaven. You have the greatest resource in your, in your ability to, to ask, God, what do I do in this thing? What do I do in this situation? You receive what you sow into. We see what happens here. Verse 29, well, let me go ahead and read it. It says, angered by what he had heard, the master said to him, you're an untrustworthy and lazy servant. It's getting real serious, folks. He says, if you knew I was shrewd and ruthless businessman who always makes a profit, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? Then I would have received it all back with interest When I returned, but because you were unfaithful. So here he's saying, when you're a bad steward, you're unfaithful to the kingdom. And this is where I I want us to understand the gravity of what stewardship really means. How you steward your life matters. Like, it's not about getting the next cool car when you can't afford it, it's not about having the next big house when you can't afford it but what we want to do is we want to try to, to impress somebody else instead of being faithful to God. God's okay with you having nice houses and nice cars, but it shouldn't be bought when you can't afford it. And he goes on and he says, then I would have received it back with interest and in I rent and when I returned, but because of your unfaithful, because you were unfaithful, I will take the 1,000 gold coins and give it to the one who has 10,000. For the one who has been given more until he overflows with abundance, and the one with hardly anything, even what little he has will be taken from him. This third and and final point, what I want to say is this, is that the reward of stewardship is more stewardship. Like we never get out of stewardship. When God increases stewardship in your life, guess what you get to do? You get to be more responsible with more stewardship. Like he rewards you by having more to steward. He gives you this greater responsibility to steward what you got. When God has increased your influence, when God has increased your finance, when God has increased your health, when God has increased your finance, when he's done all of this stuff, the whole goal is for it to help other people, to be able to be a blessing to other people. See, faithfulness... He calls them faithful. See, faithfulness is, it really shows your loyalty to the kingdom. And and as you do that, you're letting letting the kingdom of God know, look, I think of you first. We will never be good stewards and think of God last. Like if I was to say, hey, you know, I just got this drink, this Coca-Cola, I'm going to open it up and How many of you want the last sip of that? When I finish that bottle off and there's this little bitty swig at the bout, how many of you all want that? Anybody signing up for that? How many of you would take the first drink from it? Everybody in here would be like, yeah, I'll take the first sip. I wouldn't even take the second sip, but I'll take the first. This is what being a good steward is, is it's giving to God first. A lot of times what we do is we give God the last of the bottle and say, here you go, God, I, I saved you a little bit. That's bad stewardship. That's me thinking of me first and not him first. Stewardship is saying, hey, I think about you first because all of this is yours anyway. A hundred percent of me is God's. That's why I try to steward my family the certain way, because guess what? My wife is not mine. She's his. My daughters are not mine, they're his. And when you think about it that way, everything is filtered from that perspective, that it's about Him. I'm going to be faithful to what you've given me, God. I'm going to take care of it. You guys can, can stand as I close. Really to sum up the whole the whole sermon is this is that you lose what you don't steward you lose what you don't steward and I believe that God is calling us to begin to steward with the kingdom of God in our hearts first that we think about what he wants over our own wants like we all have wants right we all have wants in here and guess what do you know that God knows what your wants are that God wants to be able to bring increase into our lives. I believe that God, it, God is a God of increase. God is a God of blessing. God is a God of provision. But God is God also of stewardship. And when we steward well, God has no fear to release more into our hands because he knows, like, they're trustworthy. I can trust them. As I close, I want to, we've been thinking about this, and I wanted to help. It is my, uh, it's my, Desire to help you get out of financial burden. I think it's one of those things that sometimes we are a little secretive about is some of the some of the um, the places that we are at in finances. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to offer a class, a small group class, starting uh, April 6th at 6:30. It's going to be Tuesday nights for the next. I think it's going to be for six to or eight to ten weeks. We're going to see how long we'll go. It'll be and we're going to help people. With finances. If you are in that position where you want to be like, okay, hey, I need some help. I need some wisdom. I need to I need to get some guidance on how to get out of this because I believe that, that a lot of things are tied to your financial well-being. I believe that the stress, the emotional, a lot of this thing, if we're really honest, a lot of some of the things that are going on in our lives are tied to our finances. And so if you're interested, write that down. April 6th, it'll be on our app. You'll be able to sign up for it. And It'll be at 6.30, and we're going to do some personal stuff, too. If there's some places where we need to sit down personally, we're going to help you because I believe that that this is one of the greatest needs that the church has is that if we can help you get, get healthy financially, there's a lot of other things that are connected directly to that. I think that for you to be able to see God's faithfulness, you begin to see some things happen in your lives. So, again, I'm, I'm honored that uh, God has entrusted us to, to, to do with what he's given us right like i think i think it's an honor that god says look i count you trustworthy so this morning i just want to to ask you that you would really be honest with where you're at that you would say you know what god i've been i've I've been a really good steward in this area but i want us to be fully good, good stewards of all of areas of our lives like in every aspect not hundred percent great, perfect, but where we're working on our lives and allowing the Holy Spirit to begin to refine and bring some clarity to our lives so that we can be good stewards in all of our lives. So father I, I just I lift up God this this sermon series and God that, God that there may be areas in our lives God that we we need counsel, we need wisdom, we need insight and Father we know that you are coming back. And God, we want to be those stewards, God, that anticipate you coming. God, help us if we've been the man or the woman who's buried our potential, that we've buried it alive. God, where it had the capacity to do something for us, God. I pray that, Lord, you will help us be set free from bondage. Whether it be in our emotions, whether it be in our spiritual well-being, whether it be in our finances, in our bodies. Lord, help us in this moment, God, even right now, God, to begin to convict and challenge our hearts to serve you well, to look forward and anticipate you coming. This morning, if under the sound of my voice, you don't know who Jesus Christ is, that you've maybe heard of him, but you've yet to encounter his presence. And this morning you say, I want to know Jesus. I want to, I need him in my life. I need him in my heart. If that's you this morning, I want you to know that he's been setting the stage for you to meet him. Maybe this morning you've prayed the prayer before, but it wasn't something that you truly meant. It was just something that you did. It was just this moment of emotion but this morning you say I want to know Jesus Christ I want to give him my heart and my life if that's you on either one of those this morning I want you just to slip your hand up real quick and you can set it right back down but I want to know who you are this morning say that's me I want to give my life to Jesus or I want to recommit my life to Jesus Father I need you in my life Lord we love you and we thank you God right now that what you're doing God is going to liberate people God that you're going to help people and you're going to show them that actually the level of love that you have the, the level of, of trust that you have in them in Jesus name we pray, amen